a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You remember the question I asked earlier? Uh, It's a passing question of uh, where does your confidence in the FBI stand right now? Do you have faith in it as an institution? Uh, Asked for a few text messages. Got a few back. Here's one I'll share with you. It says, I trust the FBI like I trust gas station sushi. I trust the FBI like I trust gas station sushi. I have a confession. I have consumed gas station sushi before. Yeah. And guess what? You might be surprised to learn that the the consequences weren't that bad. No, it was a tasty lunch. I was on a road trip, I think, uh, going through the middle of nowhere in Nevada, and I picked up uh, some gas station sushi. So, I don't get it. I don't get what you're talking about. Uh, you, gas station sushi is great for me. Pleased to hear you trust the FBI. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm sorry. Back to the topic at hand. Uh, I am joined now by uh, Senate President Stuart Adams. We were talking uh, about the upcoming legislative session, which begins in January. I can't imagine that earlier this year, as the coronavirus first made itself apparent and we had to go into you know lockdown of sorts and uh, dramatically alter our behavior, the way we were living, the way we were earning a living, the way we were visiting with family. Uh, when that first showed up, what was it, like mid-March or so, when we really started feeling the impact. There is no way on earth we thought that, well, first off, that it would impact the Olympics. Well, that's come and gone. Uh, There is no way we thought it would uh, impact in any large enduring numbers uh, sports events. And well, uh, we've seen what's happened there. There was not a single thought. You know, when students moved to online learning uh, last school year, not a single who, who was thinking that it was going to linger and it was going to continue uh, to to beat us down and impact our way of living such that school uh, would have to be disrupted here in the fall. And now as we look forward in the calendar, uh, we are realizing that we may be dealing with this thing for some time uh, to come. With all that said, uh, it is now announced that there are certain protocols and procedures going to be uh, governing the Utah legislative session when it comes to order in January. Not exactly sure when in January it'll come. That's an interesting little tangent. We'll get into that in just a moment. Uh, but how will lawmakers and all those involved in uh, the legislative effort and on Utah's Capitol Hill, how do they keep themselves and others safe? To help us understand exactly what the plan is, uh, is President Adams joins us now. Uh, President, sir, how are you? Great to be with you, Lee. And I think we'd all hope that we'd have a normal session. <clears throat> and that would be, and, and I think as, as legislators, we, we do, we're going to plan for this session the, the way we have everything else. We're going to hope for the best, but we're going to plan for the worst. So we are planning for both uh, a, a live session, a blended session, and a totally remote session, which makes it a little complicated. 
And you've had a little bit of practice with this thus far. There are some interim session meetings and some uh, other committee meetings which have taken place in a strictly online uh, setting. How has that worked out for you? It's worked out really good. One of the things that we we found that we need to improve on, which we have, is to allow the public to have uh, mm-hmm. you know access and to have comments. Uh, we come up with lots of ideas, and our ideas always get better when we vet them with each other and when we vet them with the public. And so it's really important for us to have that public input. So we're making arrangements so people can, especially those that are vulnerable, can actually get into a committee hearing and, and make comments as if they were there in person. Uh, we'll have some people there in person trying to maybe limit the numbers, making sure we, we do our best not to spread the virus. And, uh, again, if we have to, if we go totally remote, uh, we'll have those capabilities also for for that public input. And that's essential for our legislative session. I'm happy to hear you say that. One of my thoughts as we have gotten closer and closer to the legislative session and, you know, still living under the, you know, the shadow of COVID, I have wondered about, uh, as you mentioned, the public, but also uh, the media and the press. I, uh, you know, for years and years uh, have, have memories going back uh, for a long time, uh, gathering up in the in the gallery on the House side or uh, sometimes sneaking in and sitting on those benches you have off to the side of the, the Senate floor, uh, the, the, the media, wondering how they will be able to. Uh, you know, eyes on, follow the things that are that are going on. L- let's talk about what plans you do have in place. What will be the norm for? Let's start with the legislators as they report if they choose uh, to participate physically in the uh, in the January's general session. And as you mentioned, we've had some experience with this. We'll invite the senators and the House members to be actually in the chamber. We're making some accommodations there. We're, we're actually changing some of the committee rooms, uh, remodeling some to make sure we have social distancing. So all those that feel comfortable being there can actually be in, in the in, at, present at the session. But we also understand that uh, it's possible that, and we just had a legislator, a senator last week, announced that he's been diagnosed with COVID. If that happens, they'll need to function remotely. So they'll have the option to function remotely if they'd like. And some that are medically frail may want to stay remote, but we'll have both options available to legislators. And those who opt to participate physically in person will be subject to uh, daily rapid testing. Is that accurate? Yes, and that that's something we've looked at, and, and we've talked to the health department, and recently rapid tests, have, they've changed significantly. They've become more available than they, they have been in the past. So uh, they feel like they can provide enough rapid tests for us to, to have those tests uh, almost on a daily basis as, or as needed. Hmm. Uh, any, any physical uh, things? Will there be, will the, the seats be spread out further from one another? I understand that they're uh, bolted to the ground. <laughs> Can you handle that all right? Yeah, well, the, the chambers are historic, and we aren't going to move seating around. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking at plexiglass and, and those type of uh, barriers, but we believe, I think, probably that the, the best test will be or the best the best way to make sure that those on the chamber floor are safe is to actually do those rapid tests. And those that's one of the things we're looking at. And again, the the most uh, the other very, very important thing is we'll, we'll open up the Capitol, uh, perhaps on a limited basis, depending on, you know, the numbers of people that come. But we want the public there. Mm. We want their input and those that can't come. They'll have the same opportunity as legislators. They can they can participate remotely or participate in person. Any screening for the public uh, or any talks of screening the public, maybe with a temperature gauge or some sort of uh, uh, conversation? 
Yeah, we're looking into that, but the the biggest thing we think we can do is just try to social distance. That's not available, as you mentioned, because of the desks on the floor. But in the in the committee rooms, hopefully, we'll have that uh, that social distancing protocol in place. And uh, of course, you know, when you can't get six feet apart, we we require people to wear masks. Uh, Allow me to ask uh, your plans personally. Uh, Do do you intend uh, to to participate in person? I participated in every uh, special session in person, and I plan to be there in person. Again, limiting only by the fact that if uh, if I get COVID, and uh, in the spring I actually uh, was tested with antibodies. I'm not sure how long that 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 uh, stays in effect, but my hope is I won't have COVID, and I'll be there for the entire session. Mm. Uh, President Adams, thank you for your time. I wish you the the best of luck. I was an intern years ago with the Utah State Legislature. I have a soft spot in my heart, uh, not only for the important function uh, that it undertakes to serve the state of Utah, but also in the procedures that go on behind the scenes. I know it's a a complicated dance and pulling this off safely, uh, always keeping your eye on the objective, which is to serve the people of Utah, is always an admirable thing. Regardless of your politics, uh, I greatly appreciate uh, everyone and the way they do it up there at the Hill. Thank you. Lee, great to be with you. Thank you. All righty. We're going to take a break here in just a moment. And when we return, I want to share with you a letter which was uh, written by the commissioners of Iron County. Uh, It's been circulating for a few days now, finally landed on my desk. And what I saw uh, was, well, I don't know exactly how to characterize it. It has to do uh, with the county's desire or lack thereof to comply with the governor's recently announced COVID-19 transmission index. A letter from Iron County Next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.